Suffering fools is the dumbest way to live. In the mortal world, everyone just uses each other all the time and only the strongest profit from it. In the kindred world, well, literally nothing is different. Nature favors strength. I was taken from my parents at the age of five because I told everyone I could hear the spirits of the dead. That was bullshit, though. I could only feel them just below the surface of my skin as they passed through me. My story caught the eye of the local Tremere, though, and specifically an elder kindred named Easton. I was adopted and raised by the clan to serve them, eventually gaining the gift of eternal life on my 20th birthday. Yay. When Easton started the crusade to liberate Detroit, he brought all his children with him to aid in the fight. We won, he's dead, and now I spend most every night steeped in research at this half-assed chantry they set up in a rundown apartment building. My name is Aurora, Clan Tremere, and tonight I'm allegedly going out for a night on the town. yet. Because I actually care about the work I'm doing? Unfair. The reason my study isn't a place to be left alone is because I planned it to be in a place to be left alone. Well, fucking awesome. Great work on that, Miss Cassandra. You've truly mastered lazy science. A comparative analysis of Venture and Tremere blood to try and discover why both clans share the gift of dominate is lazy to you? It wasn't the first nine times I saw it. Now... Whatever, Aurora. At least my research is for the advancement of the clan, not some emotional self-service. Oh, please. My work on incendiary skin damage for those who study the path of flame has the potential to unlock greater understanding of how fire affects its practitioners. And... say the other part. He wasn't killed by that Sabbath's flamethrower, and I'm gonna prove it. Ah, there it is. Look, he was my sire, too. But it's been over four years at this point. When are you going to let this conspiracy go? Yeah, I'm, I'm working with Eternity here, so... Okay, fine. You stay here in the Chantry all night if you want. But this is the first night in a while that the region is letting us go out and blow off some steam outside the Chantry. I'm hitting the door in 15. Come with me unless these tissue samples suddenly master dance in the next few minutes. <sighs> okay, yeah, you're right. We don't get a lot of these nights out. Gotta take advantage when we do. It's weird, though, right? That Regent Pryachek suddenly showed up tonight and told us to get out of here and have some fun. I mean, yeah. It's his role to be a bit of a stiff. I've met looser corpses. Oh, stop it. No, seriously. He just came in here. You girls don't look ready to head out for a night of dance and debauchery. Just finishing up some last details here. We're about to go now. Your projects can all wait until tomorrow. Go get changed. It's important to let your hair down once in a while, even for us. You're awfully eager to see us out the door. That's new from you. Aurora, what are you doing? Wait for it. I've purchased you both passes to attend the freshest club in town. Club Sepulchre. There's a new vampire DJ spinning tunes there tonight. Steady. And while you're there, 
Perhaps you could look after someone for me? There it is. There's a caitiff named Skid who is very important to my research, and I'm afraid he's going to get himself into trouble tonight. So you just wanted us out of here to do some babysitting for you? Outrageous! I want you to go to the club and have fun! And if you happen to see the caitiff in trouble, help him out of it. Ah yes, sounds like fun and nothing else at all. What a delight. Perfect! Take your clan robes with you, just in case. God damn it. You know anything about this Kindred DJ playing tonight? Cryocheck told me he was a lick. Might be some fun. Nah, he must be really new. Like, embraced this decade new. Probably some Toreador asshole. What if I saddled up to him and did some blood bonding? Dear lord, you'd hike your robe for any kindred who flashed a little presence at you. Well, yeah. That's how presence works, dum-dum. What can I say about Cassandra that would be both fair and accurate? She's hopelessly naive, mindlessly chipper, and... Since we share the same sire, she's the closest thing to a sister I've ever had. When we lost him in battle, she took it really hard. It's not easy to lose someone so close, especially when so much of it can't be easily explained. I need to put the pieces together correctly and figure out what really happened. You know, to put her mind at ease. But that's all for tomorrow. For tonight, at least, we get to enjoy the pretense of freedom. You know what I'm gonna do first? I'm gonna find the drunkest person possible guide them into a quiet, secluded place, and get myself good and fucked up on their blood. So you're just gonna rake right out the gate? Mm, I don't know. Yes? You're the driver. You can't get wasted five minutes into being at the club. I can do what I want tonight. You're not my sire. No, I'm not. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. You know what I meant. I do. Let's make a deal. For the rest of the night, we don't talk about him. Don't reference him. Let's just carry on as if we're okay. I love it. Yes, let's do that. I think this is the place, probably. I just remember that we're supposed to find the basement of the lamest chain hotel possible, and this one is brutal. Yeah, this is it. How do I look? I don't know how to answer that. Super hot? It feels weird wearing something other than those dingy robes. We got them packed. Uh, Maybe I should change back. Oh my god. Put that down. Are you going to be this big a crank all night? What? This is me having a good time. Now let's get in there and pretend we're normies. I lost track of Cassandra about five seconds after walking in, so I just started wandering around. There's something deeply depressing about this place. Goth kids, ravers, and weirdos dance side by side with the undead, and they don't even know it. They obviously wish it was true, but they don't really believe it. That just makes them easy targets to the real monsters walking around the place, kindred and otherwise. One interesting thing about being kept locked away in the Chantry is that when we do go out, other kindred don't have a clue who we are. (laughs) That part is fun. But otherwise, this club is too dark, too loud, and filled with assholes. I love this place! Of course you do! I met the DJ. I'm gonna fuck him. God damn it, Cassie. The show's about to start. Come on, let's hit the dance floor. You go on ahead. We still haven't seen that caitiff yet, and I want to make contact. I don't 
give a fuck anymore. Have fun. I head upstairs to explore the upper floor bars that overlook the dance floor, passing by a neon sign with a bleeding pentagram. Oof. I see a face that's been burned into my retinas for over four years. Tori. During the battle for Detroit, she was serving as the bodyguard of my sire, Easton. He trusted her implicitly to have his back. When the Camarilla had Zane, Denver, and the rest of the remaining Sabbath chased into an abandoned office building, her and Easton went in together. Well, I was relegated to sit in the car and observe the entrance. He trusted a Toreador instead of me and ended up ashes. I feel tight in the chest as my anger starts to swell. She failed him. And yet here she is, laughing the night away without a care in the world while we keep picking up the pieces of ourselves she shattered years ago. I will get my answers and I will get them right now. Hey, the show's starting, get over here. What are you doing? I couldn't find you. You're only supposed to use telepathy in an emergency. You're missing this would be an emergency. Get out of my head, Cassie. I'll be back with you soon enough. I turn back to Tori, but now she's talking to someone else. It's Skid, the guy I'm here to look after. He stands over her menacingly while she doesn't even seem to notice him there. What the fuck are you doing, Skid? I start to make my way through the crowd to stop him from making a terrible series of decisions when he puts his hand on her. And that is when all hell breaks loose under the bleeding pentagram. I freeze, taking in everything that had just happened. As if in slow motion, I watched Tori rush out of the bar, Skid collapsed at the table, and everyone else was screaming and panicking like idiots. I pushed through the rest of the way to the table, and Skid was gone, replaced by a couple of pools of blood. Fuck. Are you okay? What happened? I'm at ground zero for the shooting. Meet me at the car. Our night's taken a turn. Welcome back to Hour 5 of Dark Skies, WCRG's only late-night discussion of the weird and paranormal. You already know me, I'm Jim Fisher, so let's get to know one of you. Caller, you're on Dark Skies, tell me your story. I'm hearing voices at night sometimes, man. Like, in my head. Very clear. These voices, are they telling you to do something? No, it's just random. Like humming pop songs or reciting a list of chores. And it's really just one voice, a young girl. First off, caller, I want you to know that I believe you. Now, how long has this been going on for? <sighs> About six months now, ever since I moved into my new apartment. It was super cheap since it was next to some old abandoned apartments. I gotta ask, is my building cursed? What you're describing doesn't feel like any curse that I'm aware of. I didn't even mention the weirdest part. Oh? And what's that? 
Usually, after hearing the voice for a while, it just stops midstream, apologizes, and then goes away. What does that even mean? Unfortunately, I don't have a great answer on that caller. I do have some ideas, though. I want you to give our screener your home address. I'll send someone by to check up on you and your building in a few days. Thanks, Jim. And thanks for having this show. Sometimes it just feels good to talk about stuff that I can't explain. Well, I appreciate that. At the end of the day, it's a weird world out there full of stuff that we don't always have answers for. And when, not if, something strange happens in your little slice of the world, I want you to give old Jim Fisher a call. We'll be right back to wrap up the show. Just one responsibility tonight. Don't let the caitiff get himself in trouble. And despite those clear instructions, you say he's been shot repeatedly and now you can't find him? His dumbass messed with the gunslinger chick. What was I supposed to do? You were supposed to stop him. We can salvage this. Have Cassandra use her vision to find him and bring him back to the Chantry. Why do you even care about this guy anyway? That's Clan Elder business and not your concern. All right, fine. We'll go get him and bring him back tonight. See that you do. Your fate rests on his head. Fuck! What'd he say? He said, great job, girls. That couldn't have gone better. Oh, what a relief. Oh, wait. He said the exact opposite of that. Oh. He wants you to use your vision. Find him and bring him back. That's gonna be a little tough. I don't know him. What am I supposed to go off of? Oh, I got you on that. He left blood all over the floor of that bar, so I pushed my hand into a pool of it and wiped it on my dress. Check his vitae. Look at you, smart thinking. Uh, so here, take this dress. I'll just, uh, I'll just put the robe back on. Got it. Okay, one sec. Let me see what I can come up with. Got him. He's not far from here at all. Then let's get driving. said you were there. What the hell happened? I saw her. She shot him. Saw who? Tori. The one who used to share for Easton? Yeah, that one. I don't think I like that one. But what would we even do if we met her? I got a few ideas. Save them, because I see the K-tip in that alley. Here, I'll just pull right up on the sidewalk. There was Skid. Covered in blood with that one gangrel detective somehow hovered over him. I stooped down to help get Skid up and into the car. Was it worth it? Getting in the face of a dangerous person and then grabbing them? And now look at you, full of holes, embarrassing yourself. You ruined my night, you asshole. I don't think he needs to feel worse about everything. He's already suffering. Quiet! One of the best parts of having an elder for a sire is that my blood is a high generation. It's easy. I just call up my power from my blood, look them dead in the eye, and tell them what to do. It works on all humans and kindred of lower blood than myself. But really, I just like that it gets me out of stupid conversations I don't want to have. Get up. Let's get out of here. I want to rake. Why would you grab her? The Ventru told me it was cool, so we rake now. The Ventru? Who? 
price? Why did he tell you to... You know what? I don't care. Just get in the car. We raking tonight! Yeah! I'm gonna live forever! Okay, we got him. Let's get back to the Chantry. No. What do you mean, no? We need to find her. Find who? The Toreador. What? How? Come on, ladies. Let's get fucked up. Sleep. Right. Okay. I need to talk to her. Yeah, okay. But there's no way she needs to talk to you. She got out of there for a reason. The night is over. Let's go home. We'll make her talk to us. How do you propose we do that? She'll shoot us on sight. Not if we hit her first. There's a late night gun store nearby run by a ghoul. It's like two blocks away. Turn left here and let's go. We've accomplished our task. We can call it a night here. Pryachek wants us to take initiative. Yeah, we couldn't stop this idiot from hurting himself, but we can still get retribution and find out what we can about that night. I don't like that you're making sense. Here's the place. Lily's pawn shop. Stop the car. I'm going in. It's the middle of the night, young lady. Go home and get ready for school. Tell me about that big-ass rifle I see on display. That's a Barrett M95 sniper rifle with a target dot scope. Slightly better magazine clearance than the previous model, and there is no way I'm letting you walk out of here with one in your possession. I'm a very important kindred in this city. I don't know who you are. Do you at least have ID? Oh yeah, the downsides of never leaving the Chantry. Just then, the front door opens and some nervous-ass neonate kindred walks in in a stupid-looking jacket. I need to conclude my dealings here, and quick. Just sell me the gun already. Not gonna happen. What's even the problem? What's the problem? What needs explaining? You're a teenage girl with no ID in the middle of the night trying to buy a high-powered rifle. No way. No how, not gonna happen. Now get out of here before I call the cops. I command you to give me the rifle, then forget I was ever here. Same with you, idiot. You will not remember this encounter. That's right. Figured I'd have the generational advantage over you, Neonate. Now out of my way. Oh my god, I think I saw that DJ go in there. I flash her a look like... I do not give a solid or a liquid fuck about the DJ right now. Okay, okay. So you got it? Of course I got it. Now what? I need you to do your thing and find her. I don't suppose you got her blood too? No, but I've studied your stuff enough to know that you've met her before. She's probably at a point of psychic distress. And you can do this shit if you stop making up reasons why you can't. Okay, okay. In for a penny, in for a pound. I'll do what I can. No promises. Give me some quiet here, please. Cassie goes off on some mystic shit and disappears into her third eye, or however artsy creeps would describe it. I'm happy that she can use her mind for higher consciousness stuff, but oh my god, it's so boring to wait for. I think I found her. Over in Corktown. Then get us over there. Now. As we trek our way through the city, I stop and consider the caitiff in my back seat. We're taught to have empathy for the most miserable of our kind, but it doesn't mean it hits home when we actually meet them. This goof is a stain, a total mockery of what we are, what we strive to be. Why in fresh hell would an elder like Pryachek care if he lives or dies? 
The good doctor claims he's part of Tremere experiments, but why then have I never seen him before? What are you up to, Priachek? Before I can ponder any deeper, Cassie hits me up with good news. She's in that taxi cab, getting gas. Pull over here. I should have the range on her. Cassie pulls the car over and I get out and crawl onto the roof. I've been trained in plenty of firearms, but it occurs to me in this moment that I've never actually fired a sniper rifle. No matter though, I get low on the roof of the car and aim right at her head in the back window of the taxi cab and pull the trigger. The back window of the taxi shatters. I take a moment to bask in my greatness, but then both back doors of the cab fly open, making me think maybe I didn't hit her as accurately as I thought. What the hell? I fire off a second shot into the roof of the cab to see what she's gonna do next. She's gotta be behind one of those doors, right? Why else open them? I pick the one closer to the pump and squeeze off another shot. Then I see her poke her head out. Sake, this bolt action rifle is slow. She starts zipping across the street with a speed I can barely keep up with using my eyes, much less my gun. I rip off two more shots. There is no possible way I'm gonna hit her at that speed. She ducks out of my line of sight, effectively ending my attack. Fuck, was that? I didn't do that, right? No way I did that. Okay, maybe we are in a little over our heads here. I roll off the roof of the Escalade and crawl back inside. You missed. I did. Ready to go home now? I am. The next night comes and I have never been more grateful for the opportunity to bury my head into my lab station and disappear into my work. I get maybe two minutes into study when I am interrupted by one of the house ghouls. She's brought a guest, one who wears the sigil of the prince. Excuse me, Miss Aurora. Oh, fuck, oh shit, oh fuck. Yes, that's me. Prince McMasters has requested your presence right away on urgent business. I have a car waiting outside to take you to him. What's this all about? I'm not at liberty to say. Even if I knew, my only instructions were to come here and bring you to him. Tell him I'm busy. Miss Aurora, your participation is highly encouraged. But I understand. I'll let the prince know that Sheriff Neatley will be required. Okay, hold on. We must just have had a misunderstanding. Of course, I'll come with you right now. Lead the way. McMasters is the prince of the city. That's his official title. But there should be a huge asterisk next to it. McMasters was the second in command behind Easton during the reclaiming of Detroit. McMasters helped Easton organize his forces, sure. But it was Easton's plan, Easton's leadership, and Easton's praxis to claim. So when the battle took place and the Sabbath were wiped from the city, it's a little suspicious that Easton didn't survive the night, and McMasters was there to swoop in and claim the power for himself, don't you think? 
I don't have proof for anything, of course. But that doesn't mean I'm wrong. The car stops in front of McMaster's Haven, which is a mansion built on an old golf course. I don't think he slaps the five iron, but I can't imagine having large open areas surrounding your haven provides some tactical advantages. Strange thing, though. From what Regent Priacek has told me, McMaster's usually does his business in office environments. So it's a bit odd that I'm getting summoned to his haven. I'm led through the desperately in need of a remodeling house and to a sitting room. You're the first to arrive. The prince will see you when the group has fully gathered. The group? What group? I didn't get the answer I was looking for before the courier left and closed the French doors behind him. I guess it's good that it's not just me he wants to talk to. I did a few things last night that I don't quite have answers for. My solitude doesn't last long as another courier sees a kindred into the room. It's the one from the alley where I picked up Skid. Maybe he won't remember me. I know you. Shit. You're the one who big-timed me and took that caitiff. I apologize for nothing. Time was of the essence. How's he doing? What? The caitiff. Is he okay? Yes, he's recovering at the Chantry. He'll be fine in a day or two. Glad to hear it. He was in a rough way back there. I'm not used to having to look other kindred in the eye after dominating them. This is weird. I don't like it. He doesn't even seem to be mad about it. That just makes it weirder. My eyes race around the room trying to find anything to serve as a distraction. This moose head is just captivating me right now. Oh, yeah, I am just really fascinated by those antlers. Just then the door opens again, and I thank the spirits for getting me out of this moment. Up until I see who walks in the door. Howdy, y'all. Alexander, it's been a while. That it has. And you. I don't think I know you. Should I assume by the robe that you're one of those Tremere that Pryochuk keeps locked away? She has no idea. She really has no idea. I stammer and fail to get out any words at all. Well, okay then. Nice to meet you. Y'all know why we're here? Before anyone can hazard a guess, the door opens again and another kindred gets pushed in in a wheelchair. Guy looks to be missing a leg. Poor bastard. Well, if it isn't Michael Price. I was at your club last night. You send someone to try to make me leave? Miss Tori, I heard about what happened. It all sounds like an unfortunate misunderstanding. Uh, I'm glad you were not harmed in the altercation. Please, accept my sincere apology on this matter. Mm-hmm. I sincerely hope that it doesn't happen again. Well, something happened there that I don't even sort of understand. As if this whole thing couldn't get weirder, the door opens one more time and another kindred enters the room. Oh my god, you're alive. <gasps> hey, Tori, great to see you too. You would not believe the night I had last night. Uh, bet I fucking would. You haven't happened to check your messages tonight, have you? No. Why? Just asking. No reason. <gasps> Just really glad to see that you're okay. Thankfully, the DJ doesn't remember me from the gun store last night. That makes all of this slightly less awkward. Not by much, though. I shrink to the corner of the room as far as I can and hope that this will be over with soon. With a loud slam, the door flies open again. 
But this time, it's Prince McMasters himself who enters. All right, everyone, listen up. Now, the five of you have been handpicked by me for an important task. Let me just lay it out. I believe the Sabbath threat is still real, just dormant. I need eyes and ears all over the city who are going to say something when they see something if it's Sabbath related. Zane is still out there across that bridge, and I don't think he's just going to move on because we kicked his ass. So you five are my outriders. Congrats, you're a coterie now. What? No. Oh my god, Max, we're besties now. Going forward, I don't want any of you attending to your personal business without at least one other from this group joining. I don't care how you work it out, but come to terms with it because it's the new order of things. And remember, if you see anything out of the ordinary, report back to me right away. To make all this easier, I've bought each of you your very own Motorola flip phone with each other's numbers already programmed in. There you go. There you go. Let's see. I hear you. Now you can get a hold of each other whenever you need to without a problem that I can see. Anything else we need to discuss? Great. Meet each other, Outriders, and stay in touch. Detroit was created, written by, and edited by Ray Stacanis. Music and sound mixing by Sean Gould. Featuring Rachel Kimsey as Aurora and Shakira Dunn as Cassandra. Also featured in this episode, Philip Wilburn, Ray Stacanis, Matt Harbour, Matthew Harris, Rama Valuri, Jen Kane, Jonathan Coop, Jake Riker. Kiff Vandenhuvel, Vic Case, and Charmita Bartachari. Portions of the materials are the copyrights and trademarks of Paradox Interactive AB and are used with permission. All rights reserved. For more information, please visit worldofdarkness.com. To learn more about the show, go to vampiredetroit.com or find us on Twitter at vampiredetroit.com.